Hi there and welcome to the Alexander Baptist Church podcast. My name's Craig Ashby and it's a real privilege for me to be the pastor of Alexander Baptist Church. Really hope you've survived another week of lockdown. It's um, yeah, certainly going on, but I'm sure you're doing things that are getting you out and about and getting some fresh air. I wonder if you can remember a few years ago a movie came out called Catch Me If You Can. It starred Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks and it was based on the true story of a man called Frank Abagnale. And Frank was a successful con artist living in America in the 1960s. And the film shows that over the years, Frank Abagnale assumes a number of identities. He masqueraded as a teacher, as a pilot, as a doctor, as a lawyer, and in the process forged checks worth millions of dollars. Well, eventually the FBI became involved and there was this international cat-and-mouse chase between Frank and an FBI agent. You know how Hollywood does it. They make it a pretty exciting story. There's lots of close calls and near misses as the FBI gradually tightens their net. But the truth is that despite his skills of impersonating people and making loads of money, the real Frank Abagnale actually experienced an identity crisis. I recently read an interview uh, that came out after the film, and in that interview, the real Frank Abagnale admitted that during his years on the run, he didn't know who he really was. He said this, Every night, after living a brilliant day and meeting many women and making much money, I'd go back alone to a hotel room and cry. You know, I really admire his honesty. I think he acknowledged the sadness that a lot of people in our world experience. And it's my guess that a lot of people in our world are unsure about who they are and they're uncertain about what they want to be. Oscar Wilde was a a British playwright and poet who lived in the 19th century and he said this, Most people are other people. Their thoughts are someone else's opinions. Their lives are mimicry their passions, a quotation. In other words, lots of people are pretending to be someone they're not. They don't know who they are or what they want to be. You know, a man who knew who he was and what he was called to be was a man called Peter. And 2,000 years ago, Peter was one of the first followers of Jesus. Before Peter met Jesus, he was a fisherman, a small business owner. But after he'd experienced the teaching and transformation of Jesus, Peter became one of the great leaders of the early Christian church. He was a man who knew who he was and what he was living for. And after following Jesus for most of his life, Peter wrote a letter to some Christians who were experiencing an identity crisis. At the time, the Christian church was experiencing severe persecution. Christians were being captured and tortured by the Roman emperor, a guy called Nero. And Nero was systematically attempting to try and destroy the Christian church. And in the face of these challenges, Peter wrote to give his readers confidence, to reassure them that if they believed in Jesus, if they trusted in him alone, their identity was secure. They could have confidence about who they are because of what Jesus had done. So let's read together some of these encouragements uh, that Peter wrote to Christians at the time and in the centuries since. His letter is recorded in the Bible, in the New Testament part of the Bible, the second half of the Bible, near the end, and the letter is called 1 Peter. 
and we're going to be reading from chapter 2. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. And look, as we read, just keep an, e an eye out or maybe an ear out for some identity images, some word pictures that Peter affirms the identity that Christians have. So let's read together 1 Peter chapter 2, starting at verse 4. Peter writes this, You are coming to Christ, who was the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the, medi through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. I wonder if you could spot some of those images that Peter describes the Christian identity as. I'll give you a clue. They all start with, you are. You see there in verse 4, you are coming to Christ. Now according to the Apostle Paul, when he wrote to the church in Ephesus in chapter 1, he writes that God loved us and God chose us before the world was created, which is crazy. But we also have to make a move. We have to respond to God's great love. And that's why Peter writes, you are coming to Christ. If you have humbled yourself before God, if you have confessed your failings and asked God for forgiveness, if you've trusted that Jesus can renew and restore you, then you are part of God's family. In Peter's words, you are coming to Christ. Each day you are intentionally investing in that relationship. And we know from our own life that relationships are a two-way street. That's why Peter writes in the active tense. We've got a responsibility to keep believing, keep confessing, keep trusting, keep connecting, and keep coming to Jesus. Now, see there, Peter writes that Jesus is the cornerstone of our faith. In ancient times, builders would use a, a cornerstone at the base of their building. And this cornerstone would provide the stability and the strength from which everything else in that structure depended. And so Peter metaphorically describes Jesus as the cornerstone of God's temple. He's the foundation. He's the plumb line on which our identity is built. In fact, Peter actually extends this metaphor, this identity image. Look at verse 5. If you're a Christian, he writes, you are living stones. Now, there's a, a big debate about who invented rock music. Some people say the Beatles. Others say Elvis. Some say Chuck Berry. Well, I say Peter. Now, let me tell you why. Because when Peter first met Jesus, around about 30 years before he wrote this letter, in one of those initial meetings, Jesus changed Peter's name. Peter was originally known as Simon. But after, after he joined Jesus' group of followers, Jesus changed his name to Peter, which means rock. Now, I don't know the exact reason. My guess is that Jesus saw who Peter could become. And look, you know, it probably had nothing to do with rock music. But by the time the Christian church was ready to launch, Peter had a rock-solid trust in Jesus. He understood that Jesus was the cornerstone of the church and that each of us had a part to play in building God's kingdom. And you know, it's easy to forget that when we're stuck at home, when we're in self-isolation. But the Christian church is a community of believers. 
people working together, people helping one another to build each other up. You know, one stone by itself is not a temple. One stone by itself is not even a wall. But the beauty of the Christian church is that it is not a bunch of random individuals doing random stuff. The Christian church is united by Jesus. And collectively, our work extends and enhances God's kingdom. And you know, it's ironic, but perhaps in many ways, this whole coronavirus situation has really advanced the Christian church. I mean, we haven't been physically meeting together for several weeks, but church has still been happening. We've still been living and loving like Jesus. And I personally have been so encouraged about how you have played your part over these last few weeks. People have been calling and messaging each other. People have been checking in on their neighbours and delivering food and supplies. And it's just been really humbling to be part of Alexandra Baptist Church and to see God's church in action. Well, Peter gives another image which influences Christian identity. You'll see it there in verse 5. You are holy priests. Now, in the ancient world, the role of priest was quite important. Usually, a priest would mediate between the divine and the human. And so, priest, a priest would petition the gods on behalf of people. And normally, being a priest was quite exclusive, quite a privileged role. You were either born into this role through your family connections, or you had a very special talent that was recognized. But Peter flips that on its head. And he says every Christian has the privilege of being a priest. You'll see the next line there, he writes that Jesus is the mediator. Jesus is the one who petitions God on our behalf. In fact, Jesus is the lens through which God sees us. So you can have confidence that your past can be put to rest. If you're a Christian, then it doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been. If you've committed your life to Jesus, Jesus has committed his life to you. And that means you are accepted, you are loved, you are favoured by God. You might be wondering what Peter means when he writes about those spiritual sacrifices. Well, in ancient times, Jewish priests would use an animal sacrifice to transfer the sin and the shame of either an individual or a community. But with Jesus' death on the cross, that was the ultimate sacrifice. According to Hebrews chapter 10, it was a once-for-all time sacrifice. That sacrifice paid the price so that we could have access to God. And so this spiritual sacrifice that Peter writes about is, is what God desires all of our lives. God wants us to put aside our selfish preferences and instead use all we have to honor Him. And you know, I reckon we've still got the opportunity to do that during lockdown. ABC uh, has a Barnabas fund where you can donate money to the church which will be specifically tagged to help people who are doing things tough. ABC also supports Central Way, just a group of people who give out free food and firewood to others who could do with a boost. You might have also heard or seen that inspiring story, great story on Country Calendar last Sunday about a couple from church, Stacy and Atidia, Tahuia, and their desire just to help and encourage others. If you missed it, it's a great story. It'll be online on TVNZ On Demand. And look, you can share that story with your family and friends. We might want to share some of those audio recordings of Peter's letter each day this week on the church website and the church Facebook page. We've just had an audio 
each chapter from Peter's letter, and you are welcome to share that with others. You know, as holy priests, we can do things that are pleasing to God. Well, Peter gives some other quick descriptors of the Christian identity, starting at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. So we're going to skip over a few verses. In those verses that we're skipping, Peter quotes some earlier prophets who describe the significance of Jesus as the cornerstone of the Christian faith and the consequences for those who reject him. So let's start reading uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, starting at verse 9. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. You know, if you were keen, you would have spotted several of those identity images there. Verse 9, you are chosen people. Verse 9, you are royal priests. You are a holy nation. Verse 10, you are God's people. Well, I just want to focus on the identity of uh, the holy nation phrase. And for those first readers of his, of his letter, they'd be familiar with this concept of the Israelite nation as being God's chosen people. The Jewish people would trace their history back to their forefathers when God would make a promise to Abraham that he would have many descendants. And, and that was, in, in, in being unique amongst the nations of the world, the Jewish people were promised that they would represent God in everything that they did. Well, 2,000 years ago, God expanded that responsibility to anyone who would believe in his son, Jesus. Anyone who is willing to carry his name, anyone who is willing to be called a Christian, is now included in this spiritual nation of believers. And you know, it's fascinating. We're living in a time in history where ethnic identity is really important. The world is increasingly drawing sharp distinctions between ethnic groups. But the beauty of the Christian church is that it cuts across those barriers. Age, gender, wealth, social status and ethnicity do not matter in the kingdom of God. And as Christians, we have a part to play in this holy nation. This worldwide purpose, you'll see there in verse 9, to show others the goodness of God. In uh, his letter to the Christians in Corinth, the Apostle Paul describes Christians as being Christ's ambassadors. And it's that particular identity of being a witness, of, of telling others about the power of God's hand in our lives, is what we're called to do. And you know, this whole lockdown situation, it's a great opportunity for that. I've been chatting with my neighbours and many of them are quite disheartened. They're anxious, they're uncertain, they're struggling to see any hope for the future. But you know, in contrast, I believe that God's got this all in hand. He's got it under control. It is very sad. People are struggling and people are suffering. But I'm still confident that God and his sovereignty and his mercy has prepared the path ahead. You know, in the rest of this chapter 2 of Peter's letter, he gives advice for Christians about how to conduct themselves, particularly about respecting uh, leaders and uh, other people in the workplace. And look, if you've got a spare minute, I'd encourage you to read through that or listen to it. The audio clip will be on the church website and on the church Facebook page. But I just want to leave you with Peter's closing words at the end of the chapter. 1 Peter chapter 2, starting at verse 21. 
And Peter writes this. For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example and you must follow in his steps. He never sinned, nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross, so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds you are healed. Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. You know, I was really saddened when I read that the real Frank Abagnale was crying in his room at night. He was unsure about who he was and, and what he wanted to be. And maybe, maybe you've been there. Maybe you are there. Maybe it's not so dramatic, but you know, you still have this nagging feeling of mediocrity, like there's things that could be better. And maybe you're great. Maybe you're in your sweet spot. You know you are in the place and you are the person God wants you to be. Look, I don't know where you are on that spectrum. But if you are not already, can I encourage you to turn to the Good Shepherd, to choose to follow Jesus. He offers your life purpose and meaning. He is the cornerstone of your character. He could be the centerpiece for your conduct, and he offers you strength both now and hope for the future. And so if you haven't, look, I'd encourage you to take a moment to just pause. Humble yourself before God and offer your life to Jesus today. And you know, if you have made that commitment to Jesus, can I remind you that he is the guardian of your soul? He's got this whole situation sorted. And perhaps one of those identity images that Peter recorded really resonate with you. Maybe it's the one where you are coming to Christ, or the one where you are living stones, or where you are holy priests, or you are a holy nation, or you are chosen people, God's people. You know, I invite you to put a comment on the church Facebook page about which Im image gives you the most encouragement. We've also uploaded, uploaded to the Facebook page just a, a simple picture uh, with some verses which highlight how our, our identity is wrapped up in Jesus. And look, I'd encourage you to put that somewhere that you see it most days, just to be reminded of that truth about who you are and who God is calling you to be. Hey, thanks for listening. I really hope that's been helpful just as you get through each day with the power and presence of Jesus. If you've got any questions or if we can help in any way, feel free to get in touch through our website or through our Facebook page. But we'll be, be praying that you have a great week and that God blesses you heaps. Thanks.